Off a day and welcome to another episode of Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin, broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries on this Friday, November 4th, 3.05 p.m. If you're listening to the live broadcast here on 88.1 FM, the worldwide headquarters of Harvest Family Radio. It's a rainy, dreary Friday afternoon, but the temperature is very pleasant. 82 degrees right now here at the Harvest Ministries campus. 41% humidity. That seems a little low since it's been raining most of the day. 29.63 barometric pressure. Winds about 8 or 9 miles an hour from the east. Yeah, it's a nice pleasant afternoon right now. The rain let up a little bit. There was a full-blown squall going on earlier trapping us in so we could not get to the cafeteria to get our Friday afternoon salad and hot dogs or spaghetti day or whatever it was everyone else was eating but uh, yeah it's it's a beautiful afternoon now it's cooled down a little bit the rain stopped and uh, I just came from career fair first ever Harvest Christian Academy career fair and I represented no not radio not pastoral ministry not coaching at the highest levels of high school cross country I represent a nonprofit communications because I am oftentimes the spokesperson for Harvest House the nonprofit ministry started by Harvest Baptist Church helping the foster care community on Guam and so I got to speak to about 20 different high schoolers juniors and seniors that came by wanted to know more about what did it mean to be a spokesperson or the communications director for a nonprofit so I got to explain what a nonprofit was and how they function. And really, one of the first things you have to ask yourself is, do you believe in the mission of the nonprofit? And uh, so I was able to encourage kids with that. It was really fun, actually. And it's the first time Harvest has done this. Harvest Christian Academy's done this. So we had uh, U.S. Forestry Service, park rangers. We had bankers, engineers. We had a Navy recruiter in there. We had a nurse, lawyer, meteorologist, pilots, rat catchers. No, we didn't have any rat catchers. We had, uh, they're all college-oriented career fairs. So today was particularly for students that are going to be heading off to college. They're going to select their majors, and they want to know what are they going to do with it when they graduate. And so this kind of targeted that group. We had accountants and uh, just a lot of different people. It was really neat to see um, all the different folks that came out. We had a local entrepreneur, business owner. We had um, uh, bankers, just all different folks. It was it was really fun and uh, fun to share with some of the kids here at Harvest, some of the students, uh, my experience in working with nonprofits. So 
It's great. Now, it is, again, Friday afternoon, November 4th, 3.08 p.m. You're listening to Live Till 5 here on 88.1 FM KHMG Harvest Family Radio. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. This is our 190th episode, 190, 190 episodes. And um, you can listen to many of those through our website, khmg.org. And you'll see their archives. You can listen through SoundCloud, the old podcast. You can listen live. Let's say you don't get a very good radio signal at your desk, but you have computer speakers and you work in a place where they allow you to listen out loud or plug in some headphones. You can go to khmg.org and you can actually listen right now live through that. There are a number of other ways to listen through that website, so just go to khmg.org and uh, it's pretty intuitive. Also, let us know you're listening. Find us on Facebook, Harvest Family Radio, and uh, you just look for Harvest Family Radio, like us, and then leave us a comment. Let us know what you think about not only this show, but all the different things that we we produce here. And speaking of production, we do produce a number of programs here locally, and we have the uh, podcasts of those also on khmg.org. And so we use SoundCloud uh, for those archive podcasts or other ways to listen, but uh, go to khmg.org. I guess that's the theme of this uh, opening comment. Now, I did want to make a public service announcement for some of our friends over at Faith Bookstore. It is that time of year again, it being November 4th and all. Uh, Thanksgiving is not too far away, less than three weeks away, and this is their fifth annual coloring contest. Backed by popular demand and the request of uh, 12-year-olds, there are three age groups for the Faith Bookstore Coloring Contest, ages 4 to 6, ages 7 to 9, and ages 10 to 12. Eventually, this will involve adults probably because now they have adult coloring books to help with stress. But uh, three age groups, 4 to 6, 7 to 9, and 10 to 12. Color sheets can be picked up at the Faith Bookstore and have to be completed on or before Wednesday, November 23rd. The entries will be on display in the store until Friday, November 25th. When the judging takes place, prizes will be awarded to the top three winners of each of the three levels. So they're giving away nine prizes. First place in each level will receive a book and a $30 gift certificate. Second place will receive a gift and $20 gift certificate. And third place will receive a gift and a $10 gift certificate. So um, that is a great way to support local Christian bookstore. And uh, IN and uh, Barb and... All the folks down there at Faith are super nice. Tell them that you heard about this on Harvest Family Radio, and I'll probably mention this again in the second hour, but uh, we love those folks over there. They're really great. They're doing a great service. It's a great place to buy not only just books. They have a lot of gifts, Christian gifts and things, so if you have someone that you're trying to buy a birthday gift or a bridal shower gift or something for maybe a student, they have a lot of different selection there. And then something that I just uh, was able to get for someone was they even have like some music, uh, instructional books and things like that and different, different things for like, if you're, you have someone that plays the guitar or plays the piano or something, they have different books there for that as well, among other things. So just wanted to mention that. Now it is the month of November. This is our first radio broadcast in the month of November, 2016. So I do want to pass on what Bob, the librarian gives me faithfully every single month, the things that are happening in November. It's a full month. As a matter of fact, it is Adopt a Senior Pet Month. It is Adopt a Turkey Month. There is American National Diabetes, American Indian Heritage, Aviation History, Banana Pudding Lovers Month, Critical Infrastructure Security and Resilience Month, 
Diabetic Eye Disease Month, Epilepsy Awareness Month, Family Stories, Gluten-Free Diet Awareness, Historic Bridge Awareness, Lung Cancer Awareness, Manatee Awareness, Mad Taiwan On for Safety Holiday Campaign, Military Family Appreciation Month, just to name a few. There's like three pages of those. Also, this first week of November happens to be National Fig Week. I don't even know if kids these days have ever even eaten a Fig Newton cookie, which probably didn't even have real figs in it now that I think about it. But Fig Newtons were like the cookies my parents would buy at Aldi's when I was a kid. They would buy like the off-brand Fig Newtons. Oh, Fig Bar right here. You can buy a Fig Bar, Nature's Bakery. They have these over at Cautulus, right? Yes. Not sponsoring the show, but yeah. Are they good? Yeah. They're like a Fig Newton on steroids, basically, like a thick one. Oh, cool. Okay. You can get Fig Bars over there. And uh, I just got my kids uh, some care packages for college. that had some of that in it. But most children, they've never seen a Fig Newton commercial. They don't know what a Fig Newton is, but that was a type of cookie with figs in it, apparently. It's National Fig Week, the first through the seventh. It's also National Patient Accessibility Week, World Communication Week, National Farm Toy Show Days, the fourth through the sixth. Sherlock Holmes Weekend this weekend. Drowsy Driving Prevention Week, National Animal Shelter Appreciation Week. Dear Santa Letter Week, Give Wildlife a Break Week, National Young Readers Week, National Donor Sabbath, and National Hunger and Homelessness Week comes up uh, next week. A couple special days, including today, since it is November 4th. Today is National Chicken Lady Day. I have no idea what that is. National Candy Day. Love your lawyer. Pumpkin Chunkin'. I love that pumpkin chunkin', by the way. That is really kind of fun to follow. Um, Use Your Common Sense Day, National Medical Science Liaison Awareness and Appreciation Day. Uh, Let's see here. Tomorrow, Digital Scrapbooking, National Love Your Red Hair Day, Pumpkin Destruction Day, Sadie Hawkins Day, Sausage and Sauerkraut Day, Book Lovers Day, and Gunpowder Day. Ooh, what a, that just sounds like man day, like a, a redheaded dude could celebrate his red hair go out, destroy pumpkins, get asked, you know, by a girl to go to a banquet, um, eat sausage and sauerkraut at the banquet, uh, read a book afterwards, blow something up with gunpowder, and then take pictures and put it in his digital scrapbook and be celebrating every possible day all at the same time tomorrow. On the 6th, daylight savings time ends, turning your clock back one hour if you live in such a place. Guam here, we are blessed with Basically, a year of days and nights that are really not that far, like the the length of the day and the length of the night are not that much different. And so we don't have to uh, practice daylight savings time. International Day for Preventing the Exploitation of the Environment in War and Armed Conflict Day. Or if you're not nearly that deep, it's also National Nachos Day, uh, Saxophone Day, and Zero Tasking Day. The 7th. Coming up, Employee Brotherhood Day, Fill Out, Fill Your Staplers Day, Job Action Day, National Bittersweet Chocolate and Almonds Day, National Canine Lymphoma Awareness Day, Traffic Directors Day. And then the 8th, there's a special day coming up, which I'm going to talk about in just a little while. But a uh, special day coming up next week that some of you are going to just totally like groan about. Others are going to think it's great. But this week in history, I thought this was a... Uh, interesting tie-in because in 1918 Bob Feller 
Bob Feller. This this was one of the former radio station managers, old uh, sports heroes. Bob Feller was born in Van Meter, Iowa. Professional baseball player. Spent his entire career, not too many of those nowadays, with the Cleveland Indians. Life-size statue of Feller, a baseball Hall of Fame inductee, stands outside of one of the entrances of the Indians Stadium. We're going to talk about that today because we're going to talk a little bit about the World Series later on. But here was something that happened this day in history. Three countries gained their independence today. So I don't know why. This is yesterday, actually, so November 3rd. But this week in history, three countries on November 3rd gained their independence. Panama in 1903. Dominica, or Domini- Dominica, 1978. And the Federated States of Micronesia, 1986, all gained their independence on November 3rd, this week in history. So, very interesting there. And of course, one of my favorite segments of the show, it's time for The Buck Stops Here. Words of wisdom from the desks and walls of successful Americans. Most of them are Americans. I think all of them are Americans. Barons of industry, scholars, theologians, politicians. I might not agree with every one of them, but it is interesting to see how they were motivated. What what type of little sign do you keep on your desk to motivate yourself? Well, Sam Mercanti, president of the Carstar Automotive Canada Collision Repair Franchise. Mercanti grew the company from seven Hamilton locations in 1994 to 112 in 10 Canadian provinces with 200 locations projected within five years. His market development managers scouting locations in every province looked for potential sites for startups and existing independent shops with good operators and strong reputations. His franchisees regularly increase annual sales by 50 to 100%. Twice nominated for Entrepreneur of the Year, two-time Hamilton Chamber of Commerce Award winner, Mercanti religiously keeps on top of the numbers contained in monthly reports at the head office and insurance companies. And what sign did he have on his desk? This little quote. What gets measured gets done. What gets measured gets done. Sam Mercanti. And that's The Buck Stops Here. Now, before we take our first break, I did want to uh, also talk about some of our idioms of the day because, of course, these uh, idioms are always fun. And this is courtesy of a book provided by PC, one of our faithful listeners, Dictionary of Idioms by Marvin Turban. It's a scholastic book. Did your kids or did you as a child ever order scholastic books like you know, the little catalog came home, and you get so excited, you buy a bunch of books, parents buy it, thinking that it'll make their kids just have a love for reading, and and sometimes that works out. Sometimes they just look at the pictures. Anyway, some idioms. For example, these idioms are things that if someone grew up speaking English, they know all the colloquialisms, they know kind of what they mean, that's one thing, but then you have other people that they don't grow up speaking English. They might learn some of these idioms and not even really know what they mean. For example, how about this idiom? If the shoe fits, wear it. 
The origin of this proverb comes from an older expression popular in the 1700s, if the cap fits, put it on. The cap refers to a dunce cap. As the years went on, the cap changed to slipper, probably because of the popularity of the story of Cinderella. Playwright in the early 1900s wrote, if the slipper fits, wear it. Later, slipper changed to shoe. The idea is clear. Accept a comment that refers to you as you would if you wore a shoe that fits on your foot. If the shoe fits, wear it. How about this one? Ignorance is bliss. Many writers over the centuries have expressed this idea. The Greek playwright Sophocles wrote it around 400 BC. 1900 years later, Erasmus, a Dutch scholar, quoted it. Then Thomas Gray, British poet in the 1700s, used it in one of his poems. He wrote, Where ignorance is bliss, tis folly to be wise. It has been a popular saying ever since. It means it is better not to know bad news sometimes, especially if you're just happy. Ignorance is bliss. How about this one? In a nutshell. In a nutshell, even a big nutshell is a small space. Not many words can fit into a nutshell, even if you write them on the smallest handwritten handwriting or type them out. Few words, briefly, clearly, to the point. In a nutshell. In hot water. In hot water. This popular expression was being used as early as the 1500s, It may refer to the fact that if you're cooking and you accidentally spill scalding water on yourself, you'll be in trouble. Or it could refer to an ancient custom of pouring a a pot of boiling water on intruders um, as a way of chasing them off. Ooh, that's terrible. In any case, hot water is definitely something you want to stay out of. So you don't want to be in hot water, which means to be in serious trouble or an embarrassing situation. And finally, everyone that has survived teenage years has probably been accused of this. Something going in one ear and out the other. In one ear and out the other. This old-time saying goes back thousands of years to Quintilian, the famous Roman orator, public speaker of the first century A.D., who wrote in Latin, the things he says flows right through his ears. Geoffrey Chaucer, the English poet in the 1300s, and other great writers picked up on the saying and used variations of it. By the mid-1500s, people used to say, in old-fashioned English, went in tone ear and out the t'other. Of course, nothing, not even the wind, can go right through your head in one ear and out the other. There's plenty of squishy stuff in there to stop it. But if someone doesn't pay attention or forgets everything he's been told, then you can say that the word just went through his head, in one ear and out the other, not listening to what is being said, not being attentive. And those are our idioms for the day. Let's take a short break. And we come back this day in history with Lawrence Nackengas. What's in my coffee? Talking a little bit about a special day is coming up next week that will make some of you groan and some of you very happy. And then the topic of the day, my kind of town, Chicago, Chicago, everything. Let's take a short break. When we come back, more live till five on 88.1 FM KHMG.
And we're back with a little more Live Till 5. It's Friday, November 4th, 3.27 p.m. if you're listening live. But you might not be, unless you are. But you might not be. If you're not, you could be listening on Saturday or Sunday to the Rebound broadcast. Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday nights, 7 to 9 p.m. You can listen to the show in its entirety. Because we know that you might not be a wall-to-wall, two-hour straight listener. So you might listen to a little bit today, a little bit on Saturday, a little bit on Sunday. That's great. We do that on purpose so you can catch different parts of it. Maybe there's part of the show you find funny or maybe you know someone that's being interviewed or you enjoy the topic. You want to tell other people about it. You can also listen at your leisure by going to our website, khmg.org, and listen whenever you want because we have the archives of the broadcast, the podcast there. A lot of different ways to listen that way as well. Maybe you're in your car right now listening on the radio dial. Just came through Carline at Harvest Christian Academy or some other school or running errands. Or maybe you drive a vehicle for work and you have your that first little button, the first preset button on your radio for the FM to 88.1. And uh, we're glad that you do. We're glad you listen in your vehicle as you drive around. Some people listen on their computer through khmg.org. They can listen to the live stream or the podcast, as I said. And uh, we want you to be able to connect to us. We'd love to hear from you. People leave us messages all the time on our Facebook page. Facebook page is Harvest Family Radio. Just look for Harvest Family Radio. And uh, something cool happened this week. We actually got an email roundabout from India. And uh, India, we got a, we got a, a, a feedback Someone that heard our Heart of Harvest Asia. We believe. We're trying to follow, kind of chase down that lead and see. But uh, I guess after talking to our friend George Ross at Transworld Radio, he said that that is a large area. And sometimes what they'll do is they know of people that will turn on Transworld Radio broadcasts and play it over a large speaker. And 50 or 60 people sometimes will listen at one time. And so we hope that uh, our broadcast to Heart of Harvest Asia, which covers an area that has over a billion people where we broadcast shortwave with Transworld Radio, and we got our first feedback. We hope that that is how we're interpreting it, so we're trying to do some follow-up there, but uh, people listening to our locally produced broadcast is being transmitted into that part of the world. So, it's great, and uh, you get to listen to us every Friday, 3 to 5 p.m., live, that's what we call it, live till 5 been doing this 189 previous times. This is our 190th episode. Let me just ask you a question. This is totally random. Kind of fits into the stranger than fiction, odd, oddly enough type topics. But where were you 30 years ago? Some of you, like Sebastian, not even born. Some, like myself, 30 years ago, would have been uh, 19, uh, was that 86? So that would have been, yeah, 1986. I would have been a freshman in high school, I think, about that time. So I was either a freshman or an eighth grader. But where were you in 1986, 30 years ago? Well, you might have been going to Blockbuster and renting a VHS tape. Or you might have gone to the theater and watched a movie that came out that year called An American Tale. 
Remember an American tale? One of the most, <laughs> according to Roger Ebert, this is an article from Mental Floss. According to Roger Ebert, uh, who was one of the uh, movie review guys, very popular in the 80s and 90s, the American tale is, quote, one of the most depressing children's movies of all time. But trying, uh, you know, basically five old Mouskowitz, it's the whole story of how they, they leave Russia, I assume, and they come to New York City and they were promised that they would come to a land of, of no cats in America and the streets are paved with cheese and there was lots of work available and then Fievel Mouskowitz gets separated from his parents and he sings the song somewhere out there and they, you know, it was a big deal, 1986. Well, hopefully I just took you back to a time and a place. It was a happy time for you. I remember watching that that uh, cartoon when I was a kid. But here are some things you might not have known about An American Tale. It was Don Bluth's second post-Disney movie. Now, Don Bluth was the animator at Disney who worked on Sleeping Beauty, Robin Hood, The Rescuers, Peach Dragon, among others. But on September 13, 1979, his 42nd birthday, Bluth fellow Disney animator Gary Goldman resigned from Disney in order to work on their own projects. They devastated the studio by taking 15 animators with them, resulting in an 18-month delay on the movie The Fox and the Hound. I didn't know that. Their first release was The Secret of Nim, and it was a critical success, but not a commercial, and a commercial one. And it gained Bluth very important fan, Steven Spielberg, who soon approached him about making An American Tale. Fievel was named after Steven Spielberg's grandfather. Did you know Steven Spielberg was Jewish? Though Don Bluth originally thought the foreign name would be difficult for children to remember, the name Fievel was extremely personal to Steven Spielberg, so it stayed. Fievel was Yiddish for his grandfather's name, Philip Posner. And uh, Steven Spielberg's grandfather, I guess, used to tell Steven, as a young child, stories about growing up in Russia, including how Jewish children were banned from attending secondary school, etc. So, third, Fievel's American nickname was inspired by the voice actor Philip Glasser, who, uh, when he worked on American Tale, recalled his grandmother would remind him to work on his lines every day when she dropped him off at the studio for work. Hey, Philly. Remember that? Hey, Philly. That was uh, the nickname for Fievel that one of the other street mice gave him. Steven Spielberg was accused of plagiarism uh, on that story. Fievel was the spokesmouse for UNICEF. DreamWorks may have never existed without this movie. Uh, writer David Kirshner was also responsible for another popular character. Uh, more of a scary movie. Siskel and Ebert did not approve of the movie. Like they said, Ebert said it was very depressing. <clears throat> and they said it was the most downbeat movie since the return to Oz. Uh, and then basically the screenwriters came from a Sesame Street background. No one expected somewhere out there to do so well. And finally, did you know American tale had three more movies now i remember watching one or two of those like uh, five old goes west i do remember that i don't remember any others coming out but by then i was an adult and i wouldn't have watched those anyway anyway whether you liked it or not 1986 i do remember that time i remember watching that i remember enjoying that now uh, we're going to do our what's in my coffee in about five minutes here but i want to point out that Next week, today is November 4th, if you're listening live. 
Next week, November 8th, there is a special day. And for some of you, this day is going to be one that you just are groaning all day long. The other type of person is the person who thinks it's the greatest day ever. Every day is like this day. It is officially called, and this is November 8th, Abet and Aid Punsters Day. Punsters. You know those puns are like those uh, funny little sayings that they that some people put on their church sign out front. You know, uh, they put funny things like, feeling down, come in for a faith lift. You know, like those types of things. Those are puns. They're kind of play on words or silly little phrases that kind of make you smile. Sometimes they're called groaners because everyone's like, oh, man. Some people are really corny and they just love puns and they use puns all the time. Other people, they just, they don't get that kind of humor at all. Well, since it will be a bet and aid a punster day, which means you're supposed to help out punsters. For this one day, you should just laugh at their jokes because the rest of the year you might not. Uh, here are a few puns. Uh, for example, like a sign, you could put this sign up. Frog parking only. All others will be towed. Get it? Towed? Um, Did you hear about the guy whose left side had been cut off in the car accident? Yeah, he's all right now. (laughs) Here, I'll turn up Sebastian's microphone so if he actually laughs, you can hear it. So, um, I couldn't remember how to throw a boomerang. Eventually, it came back to me. Uh, To write with a broken pencil is pointless. Or... um, why don't baby oysters share their toys? Well, they're too shellfish. Get it? Shellfish? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll save the last one for right before what's in my coffee here. Um, apparently, taking a day off is not what you should do when you work for a calendar company. Uh, why don't teddy bears ever really eat, their, eat at their picnics? Well, that's because they're already stuffed. What did the sea say to the stand? What did the sea... Sally, Sally sells shells by the seashore. Uh, what did the sea say to the sand? Uh, nothing. It simply waved. Uh, let's see. I never knew eggs were good for the eyes, but my cousin claims that they gave him excellent vision. Uh, why is there music coming out of your printer? Well, that's the paper jamming again. Get it? It's paper jamming. All right. Would you like to hear a construction joke? Well, I'm still working on it. Uh, you could use that one on your parents' kids. Just uh, And keep using that until they find it funny. Um, especially if your last name's Harper. That would be a good one for you to listen uh, use. A patient sobs to his doctor, I feel like a pair of curtains. The doctor says, well, pull yourself together, man. But finally, here's one that, that I like and I've used many times. A horse walks into the hub and Jeremy says, hey, why the long face? I need a little, like one of those little drum drum thingies. Yeah, I like that. Kind of like that. Although that sounded more like cracking someone's back at the chiropractor. But I, oh, I know what good. you were trying to yeah. do there. So, you know, we're going to take a short break. And we're going to pass out our drinks uh, for our next segment, uh, What's in My Coffee? So we want to make sure that uh, everyone's able to enjoy their coffee drinks. And we're going to tell you about them after this very short break with a little moment with Ken Ham from Answers in Genesis. Stick around more live till 5 after this.
We're back with a little more Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. It's Friday, November 4th, 3.43 in the afternoon if you're listening to the live broadcast. Catch us from noon to 2 on Saturday at 7 to 9 p.m. on The Rebound as we rebroadcast this to our show in its entirety. We intend to entertain you a little bit. We want to educate you a little bit. We want to edify you in your Christian walk. Give you a good alternative on a Friday afternoon as you're driving about or maybe sitting at your desk. Or maybe you're listening to the podcast sometime in the future. Sometime in the year like 2525 and you're listening to Live Till 5 and you're like, wow, those people were brilliant back then. I wonder if this is a, a sampling of what all society was like in the year 2016. Well, just so you know, it is. It's just like this. Everyone is just like me, Jared Baldwin, the host of Live Till 5. I don't believe that. <laughs> you, you could start a colony of Baldwinites that just all use my type of humor and they play music before they make announcements and they, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, this is the way it was in the year 2016 and this is the time capsule. So I'm talking to the people in the future. Anyway, and this song's called Kung Fu Homeschooler, by the way. Great. Yeah. I don't know where that came from, <laughs> but it is uh, Kung Fu Homeschooler. Yeah. There you go. So uh, now, of course, we, we've been doing this show for 190 episodes, as best we can count. Many of those are available via archive through podcast on our website, khmg.org. And something we have been doing, this is something I devised. When we first came up with the idea of this show, first off, we were summarily dismissed. Like, no, no one would ever do that. And then when other people started to like the idea, then we were like, we don't want to do that. Why give up your Friday afternoon? I mean, that's when you really want to go home, not be in the studio. And for poor Chris, he's here till Saturdays, uh, pretty much uh, working on Friday's programming. But um, now we have done this for 190 episodes, and we're glad we do it every week, two hours, live broadcast, uh, added in to all the other live broadcasting we do here at KHMG, Harvest Family Radio. But one thing we've done, this is, so to kind of make it worthwhile to me, make it one of those things where it's like, oh, this would just be a brilliant idea. Early, early on, back, back when I first started this, I was also had stewardship over the people that ran the coffee shop. And so I combined the areas that I had stewardship over, and I said, you know what would be great? It's kind of like when peanut butter and chocolate got together a long time ago and they made Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Well, this is like when milk and Oreos got together and you had ice-cold milk and Oreo cookie. Well, this was free drinks and Friday radio show. It was a match made in heaven, actually a match made in the hub, and they sponsor this part of the program. We call this What's in My Coffee. This segment's brought to you by The Hub, the best little coffee shop on Guam, offering an endless variety of coffees, teas, baked goods, Christian music, books and gifts, including a pretty good-sized selection of Yankee candles as well. I used to say the largest selection, but I'm just not sure about that now. Someone told me that there's some competition out there for Yankee candles. Anyway, and they bring us free drinks every Friday. I love The Hub. I go there every day. I seriously do, and you should too. And now we're going to play What's in My Coffee, which is the segment of the show where we get to sample some of the best things they have to offer down there. They don't tell us what the drinks are. Sometimes you can tell a little bit by what you're looking at, maybe what it is. But today, they kind of threw us for a loop. Two people got cold drinks, Sebastian and Lawrence, and then Chris and I both got hot drinks. 
And um, uh, let's start with Lawrence. Lawrence, what does your drink taste like? Uh, well, when I first originally tasted it, it I was kind of thirsty, as I usually am on a Friday afternoon walking up here. And it was a little bit more hearty than I was ready. You know, kind of when you take that drink of something like water. Water is not a hearty drink. It's just it's quench, thirst quenching. It just goes right down the gullet. It just goes right down and feels yes, good. right, right. Well, this drink is a little bit more husky. You can't slam it. it you no, can't just no. like look. You know look, you're drinking. Look. You know you're drinking a, okay. a a husky drink here. A husky drink. <laughs> for I being, was a husky child. No, but. as was I. As was I. So I can relate. But this drink, this drink, uh, I would. I think it's just an iced vanilla chai. Okay. But the vanilla and the and the milk part of it makes it a little bit thicker, mm-hmm. and so a uh, very good drink. But it's it's not quite as thirst quenching. So right. if you're looking for something a little more sweet and fallish, right. this is it for you. But if you just ran, you know. Across the street, right. like I just did, this this is probably not right. For not you. like a mango tea that you can no. literally, yeah, with, could without down. taking a breath, you just drink the whole exactly. thing straight through. Okay. This is more of a bit of a light. You sipper. sip on it. You sip yeah. on it. But it's yeah. an ice drink. It looks looks very pleasant. It is. It is pleasant. Yeah. It's just but, a, the sugar element yeah. of it. I think yeah. is what's not the quenching part. Yep. Color of uh, Docker's Field khakis. Yes. Docker's yes. Field okay. khakis there to be go. sure. All right. And uh, Sebastian, your drink. It's a cold drink. Obviously, yeah. what does it taste like? Um, well, actually, it tastes like um, pumpkin-y with creaminy, and you combine the two, and you get like your happiny, pump creaminy, your pump pump creaminy, pump creaminy, pump creaminy. You know what? I don't think I've seen that on the menu. But you're saying it's got pumpkin. And you it's could got say cream. It's, it's, it's a creamkin. Milk. I'm sure it's milk. Got milk coffee. Yeah. Does it have a coffee flavor to it at all? Um, not much coffee, no. Okay, it's just okay. Like pumpkin. Yeah. Pumpkin. Okay. I also can't slam this one down. Okay, all right. So you're sipping on it. It's not gone yet. It just tastes good though. Oh, it tastes it's good. Not gone. Yeah. Okay. Chris, you've got a hot drink there, and you were this deceived. Hot. I was deceived. <laughs> I was deceived. But not, Be not mocked, deceived. But that's not the first <laughs> yes. time that that's happened to me. Yes. Yes. On what's in my coffee. Right. One time you had a. Uh, I think it was a mango smoothie, and you thought it was a hot chai or something like that. <laughs> it's been I a long way. Sure. I'm not sure. It was close. something like that. It was like when well, you yeah. thought it was one, and it was another. Yeah. Well, the deal is on this one is that I I got that first sip of it, and I almost cheered out loud, even though you were yes. on the air at that <laughs> yes. time, because I yeah. thought it was a a um a, an apple hot apple cider a hot apple cider yeah. yeah. Uh, for some reason, I couldn't think of the name of mm-hmm. it there for a moment. Apple juice. But uh, it turns out it's not a hot apple cider. See, because it had the same elements on top of the drink. Okay. With the whipped cream and the cinnamon. Yep. And that's what fooled me. And I thought, oh boy, I got, I got one. You so know? you, you I got one. So you, yeah. they put, like they a put large foam. Mouth bass in yeah. the street. They put foam and then that that yeah. apple cider seasoning on top, and it's actually yeah. dishwater underneath. Or it was, what? No, it wasn't no. dishwater. Oh, okay. Underneath, it's it seems to be some sort of a a Christmas style drink. Okay. Okay. It, it's seasonal. It's a seasonal drink. Okay. Perhaps with pumpkin. Perhaps it has. Um, I don't know. Perhaps it, I know it has cinnamon. Yep. Um. It tastes kind of apple-y, perhaps, but maybe that's because I, I fooled that myself. That sounds like one of Sebastian's uh, uh, ad- adjectives. Yeah, apple apple-y. <laughs> it's a pumpkin-y, apple-y, creamily. Okay, that's all right. I, it's a seasonal. Sure it I has think a it's hint a seasonal apple, drink. Creamy. And it's a hot drink. Mine, I haven't sipped yet because I wanted to save that moment for the listeners. But when I took a, 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 a whiff of this, 
Oh boy, it's um, it's pleasant. It it does have. A, I think it's a, the same thing. It smells like a, it smells like apple crisp. Right. Fresh apple crisp right out of the oven mm. with Granny Smith mm. and uh, Macintosh apples, and it's got the seasoning on top. Mine is a hot drink. It's it's got a little bit of a, a creamy foam on top, and you can see the seasonings have been poured on top. And now I'm going to take a sip here. Mm. And you know what? This one is the apple cider. Oh, sorry. Uh. <laughs> and it is totally worth it. It's totally worth it. Oh boy. Wow, I bet you wish you were me right now. So, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> that is a huge... I've had three of them this week. Mm. And I have Whoa. progressively... Dude. I have progressively worked myself into more of a standard apple cider drink. Yes, yes. Within, with all the... With uh, all the extra stuff. Frivolities they've provided. Whoa, man, my on. mouth is watering. It's so good. It's like a... <laughs> a, a Granny versus, Smith oh, has been tucked wow, between cheek yes. and gum. <laughs> yes. So, let's let's make sure that we're, we're saying this here. So, who had number one there? I believe I did. Okay, you have a pumpkin latte. Oh, it's pumpkin in there. Yeah, pumpkin latte. Oh, I don't taste any And who has either. number two? Chris, is that you? No, that's me. Hold on. Two, that's me. Apple cider, yes, with all the fixins. Um, it's kind of like the apple cider they would give you if you went to Lambert's Home of the Throat Rolls. I don't know if anyone's ever been there, but if you have been, you know what I'm talking about. The Machine Shed serves stuff like this, too. You ever go to the Machine Shed and walk the shop? I've never heard that. I've never heard of that. Uh, that Cracker is. Barrel? You've been to Cracker Barrel? Cracker okay, Barrel, yes. Like, Machine Shed's kind of like Cracker Barrel on steroids, and Lambert's oh. is like Machine Shed on steroids, so it's like double steroids anyway. Whoa. Um, Whoa. Pumpkin Chai, number three. You have Pumpkin yeah, Chai. That's what that is. Seasonal. Yeah. It's, I think I it's said one pumpkin. of their seasonal drinks. Yeah, you got it. That's like one of you the first did. times. And then you have a Pumpkin Chai with espresso. So you, you're going to not sleep till tomorrow, but that's uh, oh. basically a dirty chai, dirty pumpkin chai. That's why it has a kick. That's right, yeah. So it's a dirty pumpkin chai. <laughs> and um, you are what you drink, so now we're going to start calling you it's, Dirty Pumpkin. Yeah. It's okay, buddy. I'm not orange. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you're insulting the drink when you do it's, that. Every time you say that, yeah, that's a dirty pumpkin. It's, like it's a dirty of, pumpkin. Sounds sounds like an insult to the drink. Pa- pass me the dirty I'm pumpkin. Not a dirty pumpkin. I'm yep. Not a dirty pumpkin. I'm a real boy. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we are just on a oh, steep boy, hill right now. Funny. Sorry. That I is know. funny. Okay, well, you know what? It's not quite uh, time for. Um, uh, the news yet, but we really don't have enough time to go over the history. <clears throat> so I want to talk about uh, this week. Of course, it was a big sports week. It was. Did any of you guys watch the World Series at all? I did. I watched uh, probably the sixth inning through the tenth. And rain for, delay and all for being yes for being baseball. I'm a baseball fan. I'm a Tigers fan. And um, are those the same thing? Uh, <laughs> they can be. They can be. They they have been of recent years, um, but. For for watching just straight baseball, whether you really even have a team that you you cheer for or not, it was a a phenomenal baseball game. Just yeah. the event, yeah. Uh, baseball or not, it's one of the best. I, I would say in my I, I haven't lived to see all the greats, but as far as games go, it had pretty much everything you want in sports. I mean, it had a comeback, it had hitting, it had pitching. It had, uh, you know, a workhorse in Chapman, I won't get into a ton of details, who went out there and saved the Cubs' bacon twice and was asked to do it a third time, and you could just see every, all the commentators, you could see the guys commentating the game. The guy, he, he was just He's spent. the guy that was pitching when the rain delay started, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, he was the guy before that. Okay. He was the one to give up in the eighth inning. He came in, Lester went out of the game with two outs, and I believe nobody on. Uh, one on. There was a guy in first. 
And Chapman came in and went double, single, home run and tied the game up, 6-6. And then he got the last out. That all happened with two outs and a man on when he came in the game. But nobody could be that upset. Again, if you're a Cubs fan, you're obviously a little perturbed. But he's the reason, pretty much, that you're even in a game seven because he pitched such lights out for two games already. As a closer, pitching – you know, an immense amount. So anyway, so he comes in and you have this complete upside down effect of emotion with the Cubs in the, in the end of the eighth inning, uh, you know, with two outs and the closer who's saved him twice before. Oh, surely it's over. And he gives up and the, and the Cleveland just comes roaring back to make it six, six. And then the ninth was pretty much nothing either way. Then the rain delay. And then pretty much that rain delay canceled all uh, I don't know what what, what is um, what's the word for momentum? When, momentum. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Good question. Yeah. <laughs> All the momentum that, that Cleveland had kind of got washed out by the rain. That 17 minute delay, and when they came back out, the Cubs just you you could just tell. You I know, heard there was a there was a uh, moving Hollywood esque speech given by one of their players, Jason Hayward. Yeah, Jason yeah. Hayward, and it, yeah, he got it was like everyone fired up. Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so he he called the team meeting and the coaches you know not even the coaches there, and because Chapman they said you know was the last to leave the dugout in tears and you can see why I mean this this is 108 years to a city, and again the reason they're there is because of him but also now the reason they're playing extras is because of him technically yep uh, so it that's 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 a big old burden to shoulder, um, but yeah Jason Hayward I guess rallied the guys they go out score two runs and then this <laughs> this guy that pitched the first two outs in the eighth. I mean, he couldn't have weighed more than a buck twenty-five, but throwing ninety-seven heat. Oh, so it just what was coming out of the gun, the radar gun, didn't match his body size. But that dude was throwing some straight yeah. heat, and uh, got a couple outs, then put a guy on, and then uh, I think Montgomery came in and actually got the last out. And if you ever have a chance to watch the third baseman Bryant um, field that ball close up. The whole time he's smiling, yep. so from the the bat hitting the ball, it like huge grin, like just come routine play basically, comes up, he's smiling, he grabs the ball off the grass, grabs yep. out, it had a little bit of a hard time getting out of his glove, pitched it over, and then uh, and then you see Rizzo just tuck it in his pocket, uh, tuck nice. the ball in his oh, pocket. Oh yeah, it's and, worth something. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was honestly as far as a sport uh, series, uh, that's probably one of the best. Best because of what it meant to both cities, yeah. and simply because yeah. outplayed out was awesome. Well, some of us were watching it in the room adjacent to the radio studio here, and uh, Chris was trying to do some live broadcasting. <laughs> that and uh, I heard you said you came out. You're like, who was it? You could hear Ben cackling. I could hear Ben cackling. Yeah, was and Ken up then, here? No, or was, no. Ken was probably no, no. in a closet. No, Ken was actually pulled his kids out of school. This is how brainwashing works. Pull your kids out of school. That's a positive experience. Let them stay home all day in their pajamas and watch a baseball game, and then they win. They're Cubs fans for life now. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. how could they go to anything else? It, it's they like couldn't. their most positive. But they have memory no idea ever. the agony that, say, a seventy-year-old yeah. Cubs fan has been through. Oh yeah. And you got to have that. You got to have that because I was a Seahawks fan, and all those years of misery and yeah. agony, and people mm-hmm. just making fun of you, and they don't like you, yeah. and they, they, oh, look at this guy He's a Seahawks fan, and then they win the Super I Bowl. Know. And everybody is just, you can't believe the feeling of that when you've been so terrible for so long. Yeah. But it's so it's, if you're a winner all the time, they just don't have the yeah, same New experiences. England fans, uh, you know, 
Yeah, come on, man. They, they, <laughs> They've won it so many times. You know, times. bless their heart. They just don't know what it's like to be right. aching yeah. for a win for your, your favorite team. They have no idea. Old-timers, though, do because in the old days, the Patriots yeah. were really bad. Pre-1980s, yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Well, That's true. Uh, it was fun. It's f- always fun to watch a good game. I hate blowouts. and yeah. true. You, know, you thought it was going to be that. You yeah. thought it was going to be that, 5-1. Right. to one, but. Right. No, that was a great comeback. So congratulations. We'll talk a little more about that in the second hour because the topic of the day is Chicago, but we're going to take a short break for the news. You're listening to Live Till 5 here on 88.1 FM, KHMG, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata, Guam. Stick around for SRN News. With our second hour of live till five, it's 4:04 p.m. on Friday, November 4th. It's 4:04 on the 4th, Friday afternoon. Looking out the window, the sun is breaking through the clouds. But I, from what I've seen in the weather forecast, that might be short-lived. We have had some serious downpours this last 48 hours, and it looks like that's what the weekend is projected to be like. Here on Harvest Campus, the temperature actually just climbed about 3 degrees in the last hour, up to 84 degrees outside. 14-mile-per-hour winds, a little breezier, probably from the heat convection. I'm not a meteorologist, but I played one on TV. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't do that either. 43% humidity outside, 29.64 barometric pressure, holding steady. And uh, we've had at least half an inch of rain today, at least. So it's been a good week. Let me make a quick public service announcement. While we have this great Lone Ranger music playing in the background. Happy November. This is from our friends over at Faith Bookstore. That time of year again when Faith Bookstore conducts its Thanksgiving coloring contest. It's the fifth annual contest. We've been announcing it for three of those five years, I believe. Age groups 4 to 6, 7 to 9, and 10 to 12. Color sheets can be picked up at the bookstore. You know where the bookstore is at. It's down at the bottom of the hill. Route 8 and Route 1. Right next to the old 671 Motorsports. Um, in the building just up and behind where Fins and Feathers is at and uh, T-District. Yeah, that place. It's really, it's nice in there. You need to go see Ian and and uh, 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 Barb and those people and just tell them you heard about it on Harvest Family Radio. Sign your kids up. They can pick up a color sheet, age groups 4 to 6, 7 to 9, and 10 to 12. They're going to be giving out prizes. On Friday after Thanksgiving, November 25th, you have to fill out the color sheet before the 20 or on the 23rd, and they'll display them prominently. So if you hurry up and get your color sheet now, they can be up on the wall for three weeks. And then first place in each group will get a $30 gift certificate and a book. Second place will get a gift and a $20 gift certificate. And third place will get a $10 gift certificate and a gift as well. So they're going to give out uh, $120 in gift certificates plus a bunch of other stuff. It's going to be great. So uh, make sure you stop by and see those nice ladies down there. 
they have a lot more than just books. If you're looking for gifts, you're looking for music, you're looking for um, stuff about Guam, Guam history, Guam heritage, they have a lot of that kind of stuff. They actually have one of the most comprehensive selections of maps of Guam and Micronesia and the Pacific uh, frameable maps. So you got to go check it out. Tell them you heard it from us. They're open Monday through Saturday. I can't remember the hours. I think it's like 10 to 7, but uh, you might want to swing by there and check it out during business hours. Anyway, Lawrence Nangas has hung around so patiently as uh, we are going to talk about this day in history. It is Friday, November 4th. Lawrence, what happened this day in history? Sure. Actually, uh, looking down through the list, there's a number of election um, results that happened today because this is obviously very uh, a very possible um, Tuesday. Uh, the fourth could have been a Tuesday. Um, I was curious. I didn't really know why we didn't have the election on the first. Is because that, it's the it's, it is the uh, it is the Tuesday after the first Monday of November. I just that's heard this. What it is. That's what I just yeah. I because, knew there was more to a rule than the first Tuesday. Right. So it's it's the Tuesday after the first Monday of November. So it'll never be on the first of Correct. November. Correct. Second is the earliest. Exactly. It could be. Yep. Okay. It'll always be somewhere between the second and the eighth. Ninth, eighth. Eighth. Yeah. yeah. This so is this the is the latest the it latest can, be, it can yeah. be in November. Okay. Well, anyways, James Buchanan was elected the 15th president in 1856 on this day. And then we have another unique situation here in 1884. Grover Cleveland beats James Blaine for his first presidential term. However, Grover Cleveland will be the only presidential candidate to serve two non-consecutive terms. So we've had tons of presidents serve two in a row. We've even had a president serve up to four or at least be elected for a fourth uh, talking about FDR, he didn't finish a fourth. But uh, Grover Cleveland is the only one to serve to non-secutive huh. uh, uh, terms in office. Um, in 1921, the I didn't realize how early this was, but 1921, this is only five or four years roughly after the World War I was finished. <laughs> Excuse my pronunciation. The Sturma Bittelung, uh, or SA, the brown shirts, which are mm-hmm. basically the secret service of Hitler, uh, is formally formed by him today. Uh, that's pretty early. I didn't. I guess I didn't do a ton of research on that specific group. That's basically his stormtroopers, is what those became yeah. known as, uh, well before George Lucas ever used them in his writing um, of the Star Wars. Uh, 1922, Howard Carter discovers the tomb of Tutankhamun in Egypt. Uh, very, very wealthy burial grounds. Mm -hmm. Uh, King Tut is probably how you remember hearing his name. Uh, 1924, U.S. President Calvin Coolidge is reelected. And sadly, between he and Hart, not Harding, uh, yes, he and Harding will be sort of the two presidents that lived during the high life, if you will, of the Roaring Twenties and ignored a lot of the the rotting... um, infrastructure, not infrastructure, but routing financial structure of the United States during the 1920s and left Herbert Hoover to come in in 1928. In the middle of his term, everything went to mm-hmm. to um, down. Yep. <laughs> it yep. went all over the place, basically. And so everybody blamed it on him. But really, uh, you could look at Coolidge's presidency, and I'm sure there's a lot of things that came across his desk. Should have been red flags, uh, but really weren't. Um. We have a couple of prime ministers. I didn't realize uh, that there were can- Canada and Britain did some electing or at least some exchanging at this time. But Stanley Baldwin, yes, old Uncle Stanley, becomes Britain's prime minister for a second time after a landslide victory over Ramsay McDonald's Labour Party. So Stanley Baldwin, 
Yes. Yeah. I did a little research on that because I was, um, I saw it on some show about Canada and they were mentioning uh, Stanley Baldwin, new prime minister. And so I was wondering if that was the same as Lord Stanley's mm, cup, could which it is not. Okay. I looked it up. It's okay. not. Lord Stanley was Lord Stanley, and Stanley Baldwin was a prime minister. Okay, yep. so there you go. One is a prime minister, one is a lord. Yep. 1929, Earl E. Byrd, Lawrence McKinley Gould, which I'm, uh, I'm wondering if that McKinley is any relation, and their polar expedition team began a two-and-a-half-month, 1,500-mile dog sled journey into the Queen Maud Mountains, the first exploration of the interior of Antarctica. Mm. So there they are uh, exploring the—I I, I bet they made it to the South Pole— um, but a dog sled, a dog sled yeah. journey, um, that is an incredible undertaking uh, to be out there in that. American-born, 1948, American-born British poet T.S. Eliot wins Nobel Peace Prize for literature. Uh, Dwight Howard, or I'm sorry, Dwight Howard, that's a basketball player. <laughs> Dwight Eisenhower, elected 34th president of the United States, beating Adelaide, Adelaide Stevenson. Yeah, Adelaide Stevenson from Chicago. Adlai Stevenson. Yeah, yeah Adlai there you Stevenson. Go. He was uh, he was the I believe the mayor of Chicago, if I'm not mistaken. Hmm. He'd be a happy man. Uh, yeah, today. yeah. 1959. Ernie Banks, Cubs shortstop, wins second consecutive National League MVP. Uh, there was um, again good shortstop on their team now, uh, and second baseman. They were they're just they're just good. That's why they're playing in the. That's why they're playing in the um, World Series and not yep. the Tigers, but that's okay. <laughs> dwell on that um last couple things here um i saw pete rose uh was in the broadcasting booth yeah not for the game but he was a uh, um kind of one of the four guys alex rodriguez and he yeah a couple other guys were two doing guys that'll never of- make in the hall of fame a rod and uh, Pete rose probably right even though they hit a lot of home runs yeah yeah exactly 1980 ronald reagan defeats incumbent u.s president jimmy carter by a landslide um not too many incumbent defeats by landslide um, but when they do, there's probably some reason for it. 1991, Imelda Marcos returns from exile to the Philippines and was arrested the next day for tax fraud and corruption. She was then released on a $6,400 bail um, later in that, probably in that week or whenever they paid it. But that is a, um, that's kind of a roller coaster of emotions. Yeah. Their return from yeah. exile to be. She was famous because she had like the world's largest collection of shoes. She was such an extravagant, mm. flamboyant person her husband ferdinand marcos of course was the kind of the dictator of the philippines in some people's opinion but she was her shoe collection is what kind of made her infamous and then lastly uh barack obama became president 2008 on this day november 4th was the election day for for his first term uh which seems like an eon ago yeah um lots changed since then but um about to welcome a new president in uh i guess in about two months now officially but the election being in a week yeah yeah this time next week that will be our topic is the presidency and whoever the new president is along with our new uh you know congressmen locally and the mayors and all the different people that are being uh the governor doesn't change this time here on guam but the senators and uh, mayors and people like that do change and so it'll be very interesting to see who we have in these positions of authority this time next week yeah, so it'll be really that's interesting. True. That's true. That's less than a week. That's like four days. Yeah, five, I guess, if you go with uh, with stateside time. Yeah. Now you were part of the career fair today because you're was. the principal of the high school, and I so was. these are all your kids yes. involved. Why did you guys do a career fair? 
Um, basically, it came up in a discussion back in August. We were kind of just brainstorming some plans. Uh, the guidance counseling team, which includes Mr. Lewis, Mr. Matt Lewis, and Ms. Leah Bear. And pretty much what, what we came down to is is we'd like to get some new things uh, in front of the kids, but obviously realizing stateside visits are very expensive. It's family vacation option for the summer, really. And then trying to get a, a room full of colleges and, and talking that way is very expensive or, or unlikely uh, getting them to come to Guam. There is a, is a college fair, I think, in the middle of September where some schools from local area and even from the states come out at a hotel. Uh, and we had some kids go to that. But the uh, kind of the beginning of this thought was if we can get some individuals, starting with school parents or alumni parents, um, or, or friends in the community to come in and share. They've got a degree in the field they're currently working or have a lot of experience in that area, in that field, and basically share how we got to where we're at post-college. And again, a lot of the, a lot of the four-year programs that these kids are about to enter into are extremely important. But at the same time, that sometimes the light at the end of the tunnel is college acceptance and picking a major. And in reality, that only is a four-year choice. What they're going to be doing for 30 to 40 years is kind of the bigger, the bigger scope of, of life, really. And so these professionals, we had about 40 in the gym today. Uh, basically, we allowed our juniors and seniors to go and pick their brain on what they do and what path they chose or what they did to get there. What sort of internships did you do? What was your major specifically? What kind of um, work or, or experience do you need to try and look for right out of college? Is it uh, a program I need to get involved in? And so we had some engineers in there. We had uh, some doctors that came, some accountants, some lawyers. Um, we, we had a, a, a restaurant manager, uh, an owner. And then we had also some, some land surveyors. The rangers, park rangers came. Uh, I mean, we had we had tables all the gym. Meteorologist was there, nurse, and then some bankers, a nurse practitioner, and um, occupational therapy um, individual was there. So I, it was it was a wide variety. We'll look to get even more next year, but it's really just an opportunity for our kids to to grasp what they're doing in high school. This is actually what you're training for. Right. Sometimes it's the grade is the biggest thing on their mind, when in reality, getting those grades to transfer into a work ethic and, and higher ability and actually a job someday uh, kind of connects some dots for them. So uh, I'm really excited for them. I hope some, I know some of them came out pretty fired up about kind of a, a plan and a path that they need to be on. And so overall, I think this was really beneficial uh, for our juniors and seniors. And I'm super thankful for uh, these, these um, professionals in their field that gave of their afternoon to come and just be a help to our kids. It was it was an awesome opportunity to watch and be a part of. Great, great. I enjoyed being over there, and yeah. I had such a small part uh, representing nonprofit communications, but I was able to talk to about 20 high schoolers and, you know, kind yeah. of just plant a seed in their mind that it's something that they could do and uh, kind of why you'd want to even go down that, that path. You know, yeah, some the of them fields, would be more drawn towards that. The fields of jobs high schoolers are thinking about is so narrow and small. I mean, they've got engineer and medical field that, you know, those are kind of the two things that are jostling around in their minds. And they don't realize that there's a, there's a, a cornucopia or, you know, and a plethora a virtual of, cornucopia. of actual jobs out there that need new employees yearly yeah. and, and what they might be passionate about. They didn't even know existed. I mean, really that's the, yeah. that's the exciting thing about this. Well, and, and, you know, we do, because we're an educational institution, we are constantly thinking about, 
uh, college for these kids, not everyone's going to make it to college. Some, maybe they need to go into a trade or a vocation. Uh, We just had an air conditioning consultant out here. His company hires high school graduates to come in. They pay them $14 an hour full-time and train them, them, Mm. put them through school so they become certified uh, heating and air conditioning folks. At the end of one year, if they worked very hard and got all their certifications done, they're making $36 an hour after one year. Mm. I was thinking you and I could go do that, I actually. Think, I think so. When's that training I again? work really hard. I could, you know, I could live on 35 to start yeah. out. And yeah, then, easily you know, 35. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you know, the trades, I think it's, that's something that kids need to consider right. as well. Right. And you know, there's this, there is a pressure in this, in this seems like in our environment because we are a school setting to make sure yes. that kids are at least considering going on for higher education. But right. we do know some people that's just not their exactly. the way they learn. And even, even going to the States, there is the pressure to, to get up and go right out of college because that's what everybody's talking about. It's right. whatever that's the majority right. of the senior class is doing. Oh yeah, that. right out of high school. Yeah, right out of high school. Sorry, and so you have a lot of kids get caught up either financially or just it's not for them. Right. And if they if they make choices, what's ba- best for them personally and their family, uh, it, it'll fit a whole lot more of what they're looking for than getting caught up in the excitement and energy. Yeah. And again, most kids do go off and do awesome, um, but every now and then you have a kid that just gets caught up and they're not sure what they want to do, and it's best just you know talk with your parents, trust right. them, you know teachers if need be, and, uh, and and do what's right for you. And so, good opportunity today, I thankful yeah. again for the, yeah, those well, involved. I'm glad you guys put that on. I'm glad you did it because I have a high schooler and I want him to be exposed to all the different opportunities so he can start to get a vision for his own future sure. as well. So thanks for doing that and thanks for the history. Yeah, of course. And uh, have a great weekend, Lawrence. And okay. uh, for our listeners, you hang around. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, a little more live till 5, including the news, our topic of the day, Chicago, my kind of town, and some news happening in the Christian world, in the churches, and some stats I want to run by you at the end of the show. So stick around. More live till 5 after this short break. with a little more live till 5 on this Friday afternoon, November 4th, 4.25 p.m., about 83 degrees outside on this kind of overcast, rain-drenched Friday, broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries, looking out the window at the first of five middle school cross-country meets here at Harvest Christian Academy's campus. Our home course is epic on a day like today. And this is not exaggerating because I was the cross-country coach for many years. The course has a place in it where the water gets, for these middle schoolers, waist deep. There's one little slough at the, at the corner where all the water runs down and the water gets about waist deep. And it's ice cold if it's fresh rainwater. It's cold. Um, there are big old toads swimming through it. It's great. Definitely a home field advantage for the Harvest Christian Academy runners. And then there's another place we call the swamp where the water is only maybe you know, shin to knee deep, but um, kids that aren't used to running through standing water, they stop or they slow down or they try not to fall in. The harvest kids are trained to just go for it. You just go through because 
it's smooth underneath. There's no tripping hazards or anything like that. We've, we've eliminated all that. But uh, they're just trying to make sure that they, you know, it gives us definitely a little bit of an advantage. But all the, the middle schools in the league choose to have the races here at Harvest because if nothing else, we have to do all the work. We have to do all the cleanup. We deal with all the parking. So they'd rather us host it, even though it does give us a little bit of an advantage with that, with that uh, water hazards. Wow. So, yeah. So now, Chris, what's happening in the news? Well, a couple of things. The main uh, story today, at least for Guam, is is the weather. Tropical Storm Miri is located about 500 miles west, west northwest of Guam. A monsoon organization associated with this storm will prolong the inclement weather across the Marianas into the weekend. We saw a little bit of that earlier today, not so much now. Scattered showers and isolated thunderstorms are anticipated through tonight. Here, uh, this is the main thing, though. Sustained winds of 20 to 30 miles per hour gusts up to 40 miles per hour with heavy showers are expected. Isolated thunderstorms with brief heavy showers and wind gusts of up to 30 miles per hour remain possible through Sunday. A couple of advisories in effect, a small craft advisory and also a high surf advisory. So all the cautions that go along with those uh, as usual. A couple of Chinese nationals were sent home from the Guam airport by customs officials, never having left the airport after a flight from Hong Kong. This was back in early October, but just released. Apparently, the two had bundles of credit cards in their baggage. The cards were discovered after federal Customs and Border Protection officials requested local customs officers inspect their bags. No items were seized, and the two individuals were sent back to Hong Kong on the next flight. Their identities were not released. Wow. We talked about it a little bit earlier in the show, but if you haven't heard, the Chicago Cubs won their first World Series championship since 1908 when Ben Zobrist hit a go-ahead double in the 10th inning, beating the Cleveland Indians 8-7 in a thrilling Game 7 which was delayed by rain early Thursday. Lovable losers for generations. The Cubs nearly let this one get away. All-star closer uh, Araldus Chapman blew a three-run lead with two outs in the eighth inning when Raji Davis hit a tying home run. But the Cubs, after after tormenting their fans one more time, came right back after a 17-minute rain delay before the top of the 10th and scored twice. Davis hit an RBI single with two outs in the bottom half, but Mike Montgomery got the final out. Wow. Thousands of devout Muslims are converging on the center of the Indonesian capital to demand the arrest of its governor for alleged blasphemy. Have you heard about this? No, but I could see this. Come- First off, I saw a prayer request come out from our friends, the Homeshers, who are in Indonesia, and right. FG— and a group of people, including John Zimmer, who was just here, boarded a plane in Jakarta this morning, and they had to battle the crowds, uh, the protesters, to get to the airport. But before you read the story, I had heard that the governor or the mayor or governor of Jakarta is the first elected Christian 
Uh, so I don't know. I, non-Muslim, I believe. Yeah, non-Muslim. Uh, Christian is used in a, a sort yeah, of a broad cultural, sense in a yeah, culture like that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, fearing violence, police have deployed 16,000 officers wow. along with 2,000 soldiers and uh, the same number of city public order officers to Jakarta streets where embassies are closed, shops are shuttered, and normally traffic, uh, traffic-clogged streets are nearly now empty of cars. That's crazy because Jakarta, I've been there, and you could walk across the hood of the cars yep. quicker than you could actually take a cab one mile down the road. Yeah. So this is, this is a huge deal. Demonstrators are gathered at a mosque and nearby locations for the protests, um, which are beginning, uh, have probably already begun. The accusation of blasphemy against Jakarta Governor Basuki Pernama, an ethnic Chinese minority Christian who is an ally of the country's president, has galvanized his political opponents in the Muslim-majority nation of 250 million and given a notorious group of hardliners a national stage. So this has kind of led to um, uh, a uh, um, some anger... Um, in a situation where um, uh, this group of hardliners didn't have much press, but now since he has insulted uh, the Muslim religion, in their view, um, they have that platform. Could you imagine if um, we staged protests based on people blaspheming the God that we worship? I mean, do it every day, man. Exactly. It would be a constant... I mean, there are entire networks on television that get their their jollies from blaspheming God and making yeah. a joke. Yeah, and and even just uh, something as something... Uh, okay, so what my kids watch sometimes is they watch... They like to watch, like, Home and Garden. Right. So sometimes when I'm here in the evening or whatever, they'll come in and they'll watch the Home and Garden Network, and they'll be watching, like, uh, some remodeling show. Right. And the amount of times when that when that family goes into their new home that's so exciting for them... The amount of times that they take God's name in yes, vain. Yep. I mean, we're talking three dozen times right, right, in the yep. course of a 15-minute segment of right. the show. Yep. yep. And you just say to yourself, this is just part of the furniture. This is right. no one cares right. Right. about taking the Lord's right. name in vain. They right. just and and actually it's a very serious command right. to everybody. It's not just saying to to people who believe in God, Jehovah, it's saying right. to Everyone, yep. don't do this because God will not hold you right. guiltless right. if you do it. So it's a very serious command. Right. Uh, but yeah, even something like that. I mean, we'd be protesting. We'd be protesting the house hunter yep. shows. Right. I mean, it'd right. be terrible. Right. Yeah. So anyway, so we don't. We don't. Uh, yeah. Clearly, we hard don't. to imagine what it's like to live in a country where you have that. Yeah. Uh, in another um, note here uh, about Islam. Islamic State leader Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi told his followers on Thursday that there could be no retreat in a total war against the forces arrayed against them as advancing soldiers battled in the northern Iraqi stronghold of Mosul. Now, if you've, you haven't seen some of the video from this, you need to go check out some of the video of the siege on Mosul by the Iraqi forces because they're hitting them hard and they plan to take back 
Mosul. So uh, expressing confidence that his Islamic State fighters would prevail against Shiite Muslims, Western Crusaders, as he called them, and Sunni apostate countries like Turkey and Saudi Arabia. These are all his words, leader of uh, ISIS. Uh, Baghdadi called on jihadists fighting in Mosul to, quote, wreak havoc. Iraqi regular troops and special forces, Shiite militias, Kurdish, Kurdish Peshmerga fighters, and other groups backed by the U.S.-led uh, airstrikes that are happening now as well, launched a campaign two weeks ago to retake Mosul, and that's a, a strategic advantage for forces against ISIS in that area. So a wow. lot happening in the world uh, at the moment. Yeah, wow, that's a lot to do with Islam and a lot to... Be thankful for in a country where we're getting ready to face uh, a free election, um, as flawed as our nation and our candidates are. We live in a country where we have the freedom to choose. We have the freedom not to choose. We have the freedom to vote. Uh, if you're 18 years and older and you're not a felon, you can go and cast your vote. And uh, even though we don't vote in the presidential election here, we get to do the straw poll version of that. And then we get to elect our own local leaders. And one of those leaders has federal representation as well. And so uh, as we, you know, read about these other countries where they've got total upheaval, where we are, we do pause to be grateful for what we do have. We're not, we don't want to be apathetic about it because those freedoms can erode so quickly, just like they have in so many other countries. But we are grateful and Got elections coming up, and next week the topic of the show is going to be the presidential election and and uh, everyone that made it into office and those that didn't and how the country's responding. It will be a big story either way, Chris. Um, where would you recommend people turn for news if they want to know what's going on in the federal election, my, presidential election? My thought would be for you to get a wide variety of news. Let me tell you what is a problem today and— uh, um, I've actually I've actually talked a lot about this in the past when I was doing media classes and stuff. Um, but one of the problems today that pretty much everybody says is a problem, I'm talking about people on the right, people on the left, people in the center. It doesn't matter who you talk to. People say that um, consumers of news read too much news only from their own perspective. So with the with the way we we consume news today and we sort of uh, aggregate it ourselves, meaning in our Facebook feeds and things like that, where we only select, you know, I'm a conservative, so I'll select only conservative right. news sites. Uh, some of those tend to have problems with uh, some of the, the facts that they convey. For me, get a wide variety of news. I, I would try to do something like a public media source of some sort. I would try to do a Christian source of some sort. I would make sure I get somebody who's, who's trying to do straight news. Because um, while a lot of times um, uh, a place like NPR or PBS, which are public uh, outlets, are saying they're doing straight news, a lot of times their news is coming from left of center, whether you – whether um, that's something you want to accept or not. That's a lot of times that's the case. And you can also get news from from sources that are on the right. But I would say if you can do it, do as big a variety as you can and compare one with another. Um, 
I, I think we talk about we've talked about it here on this show before, but there's a lot of as great as the internet is, there's a lot of really, really bad information out there that people kind of accept as fact. I couldn't believe what somebody was telling me the other day about the stories that they were accepting of. Uh, and they said, well, this is a fact. I, I've, you know, I read all about it and, and it was in a good source. And I looked up what the source was. And the source doesn't even, doesn't even pretend, doesn't even masquerade yeah. like they're doing news. Right. It's, right, it's, right. Just a, it's just a wholesale in, uh, editorial piece right. uh, from one man's perspective, right. basically. Right. So um, that they're not even pretending to do news, and yet people trust it as news. So I would, I would do a, a wide variety if you can. Um, there are still good sources out there, but you have to weed through everything and try to be as discerning as you possibly can. Yeah, yeah, that's good advice. As we go into this weekend, I know I'm constantly trying to pick up on what's the latest Right. news the uh i'll go to youtube look what's trending as far as news goes and uh try and find a source where i really don't care about catching the campaign speeches those are kind of the same thing over and over again yeah. but sometimes i just want to hear what's you know what what issues have been brought up today that weren't brought up yesterday things like that so yeah. that's good advice well thanks a lot chris thanks for bringing us the news yep all right and listeners thanks for staying tuned we're going to take a short break when we come back topic of the day chicago as Frank Sinatra said, my kind of town. Well, not really my kind of town, but that's what he said. We're going to let you be the judge of that. We're going to talk about Chicago, some things you might not have known about the Windy City, the second city. And uh, we will be back right after this short break. <laughs> And we're back with a little more live till five. It is 4.42 in the afternoon, Friday, November 4th. I'm glad you could be with us today. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host, Live Till Five, our 190th, 190, 190th episode of Live Till Five. If you miss any part of the show, you can catch us on the rebound noon to two on Saturdays, seven to nine p.m. on Sundays. If you'd like to listen to our live stream or over the radio airwaves on KHMG 88.1 FM. You can listen to the podcast anytime. Just go to khmg.org. There are a number of different things you can find there, including other programs that we produce here locally at KHMG. And uh, find us on Facebook. Leave us a message. Like us. Let us know what you think of this show and the other things we do here at Harvest Family Radio through Harvest Family Radio on Facebook. Now, today's topic of the day is predictably... I had to wait to do my preparation until after we saw how the show ended or the show, the game ended yesterday, and the Chicago Cubs came out victorious in the seventh game of the World Series. You know how the Cubs got their name? Now, it's a little deceptive because the Cubs, their logo on their hat is a C, just like the Cleveland Indians, also a C. Uh, yesterday, they have a big C there, but Chicago Cubs, they also have a little Bear Cubs, Chicago, Illinois, the identity of Chicago's National League team is so ingrained that it's hard to imagine a franchise not being called the Cubs. But for the first quarter century of the team's existence, it wasn't the Cubs. 
This is from the Cubs website. They were known at various times as the White Stockings, the Colts, and even the Orphans. The Cubs moniker can be traced back to Chicago Daily News newspaper in 1902. The term for young bears was used by a sports writer at spring training that year to describe a team with a bunch of young but promising players. And uh, the headline, they basically gave the Cubs their name later on. This is the headline in the, in the paper, in the Chicago Daily News. The headline was, Manager of the Cubs is in doubt only on two positions. Then later on, March 27, 1902, is the earliest use of the term, according to research, of that term Cubs, of the, the title Cubs. Frank Seeley will devote his strongest efforts on a team uh, on the teamwork of the new Cubs this year. And then they went on. They were actually, though, um, uh, called the Orphans at one time. And then they were the Chicago White Stockings for a number of years. Then they were called the Colts. Originally, they were called Anson's Colts because that was the team player manager. Anson's Colts, and they just became the Colts. And he was known as Pop. And when he left the team, the team became known as the Orphans because Pop, you know, the dad of the team, left the team. So they became known as the Orphans. And who would have known um, that the Cubs would stick when the rival paper, such as the Chicago Tribune, began to use the term Orphans? And then finally, they got rid of the name White Stockings and a new American League franchise grabbed it right away and they shortened their name to the White Sox. So the White Sox... Used to be the White Stockings. The White Stockings used to be the Cubs, if that's not confusing enough. Chicago, how many of you ever been there? It is a beautiful city. It's huge, known for its architecture and things. But here are some things to some, here's some facts about Chicago. It's 237 square miles of land, 2.7 million residents, 77 community areas containing more than 100 neighborhoods. 5,195 restaurants, 250 theaters, 225 music venues, and 200 dance companies, 56 museums, 700 public artworks, 125 art galleries and 20 neighborhood art centers, 26 miles of lakefront with the 18.5-mile lakefront path, 8,100 acres of green space with 580 parks and 26 beaches, Five citywide music festivals, 50 neighborhood music festivals, and 35 neighborhood food festivals, 30 downtown neighborhood parades, approximately 369 landmarks and 46 historic districts, 225 miles of bike lanes and more than 13,000 bike racks, 3,000 bikes and 300 stations through the Divi bike sharing system, 28 CTA bus routes, 8 train routes, 146 stations, 119 hotels, 39,000 rooms just in the central business district alone. city goes all the way back to 1837. I thought this was interesting. The first permanent settler of Chicago was a businessman named Jean-Baptiste Point de Sable, and he was an African-American man who was from what is now called Haiti. In 1779, Du Sable's home, which he shared with his Indian wife, the first marriage in Chicago was performed, the election was held, and the first court handed down justice. All that is how Chicago started. The world's first skyscraper was there, the Home Insurance Company in 1885. They have expo grounds. I mean, just a number of different things. They, I think the first, just a number of firsts. Matter of fact, I have a little list of firsts here. Mail order business, 1872. 
First roller skates, 1884. First steel frame skyscraper, 1885. Elevated railway, like, you know, the L train, like subway, but up above. 1892. Cracker jacks were invented there. The cafeteria, car races, zippers. Where would we be without that? Municipal Cultural Center win- window envelopes. Something we take for granted every day. Rotary Club was from Chicago. The American first American Nobel Prize winner, 1907. Comprehensive Municipal Plan. U.S. Meat Slicer was invented there. Automated Bread Factory. The Zoot Suit. Malted Milkshakes. Pinball Games. Planetarium in the Western Hemisphere. The Hostess Twinkie was invented there. All-Star Baseball Game, 1933. First Blood Bank. First Spray Paint. Controlled Atomic Reaction. And the first daytime TV soap opera, all right there in Chicago. And I looked up this uh, tourist to townie, tourist, and then the number two, townie.com, travel blogger, which is a huge industry right now, travel bloggers. He wrote an article called Seven Reasons Why Chicago is the Greatest City in America. See if you agree. Now, if you're Ken Keith or any of the Keith clan, you might agree with this. If you're John Collier or anyone in the John Collier clan, maybe not so much because he's from Cleveland. Number seven, why Chicago's the greatest city. It's history. You know, it's got a lot of different things. Everything from refrigerated rail cars to immigrants moving there, the Union Stockyards, the Great Chicago Fire of 1871, the World Columbian Exposition 1893, Prohibition era in the 1920s, and of course, Michael Jordan and Barack Obama. Number seven. Number six, the central location. Of course, it's not on the East Coast or the Left Coast. It is, or the West Coast. It is one and a half hours from Buffalo, two and a half hours from New York City, three hours from Salt Lake City. Another reason, organized crime, which I don't know if that makes it one of the best cities, but they do have a long and rich organized crime history, going back even before Al Capone in the Prohibition era. Number four, water. They have beaches and uh, waterfront, and as we mentioned before. Of course, their architecture. If you look at a picture of Chicago, there are so many buildings uh, that are famous, including the Chicago Avenue Pumping Station, Chicago Home Insurance Building, Chicago Merchandise Mart, Marina City, and the John Hancock Building, and the Buckingham Fountain. Number two, there's sports, of course. You know, you got White Sox, Blackhawks, uh, Soldier Field, Wrigleyville, uh, all these different things, Chicago Bulls, and now, of course, the Cubs. And then number one, the people. This travel blogger says that the people are a mix of New York hustle with Midwestern generosity. Those are Chicagoans. I got to say, Chicago people do. Chicago. Ch- Chicago. If you mention that you put ketchup on your hot dog, they want to slap you, but they won't because they're nice. Chicago people, they um they are good they're they're good people, good salt of the earth people. You know, they they have a certain way of doing things and you know, they kinda can be a little rough on you if they like you a lot, but on the other hand, you know, that's just the way they are in Chicago. Did you know that the Chicago Cubs felt like they were under a curse for many years? And that's why they felt like they could not win the World Series. The Curse of the Billy Goat, I'd encourage you to look it up. It goes way back, way back um, to uh, uh, a story, this origin story that I don't have time to get into. But there, if you go to Wikipedia and look up The Curse of the Billy Goat, 
it's this whole story of how the, the Chicago Cubs felt cursed all these years, all this crazy stuff that happened, all these different uh, circumstantial things they believe were, were tied to that curse. I don't believe that the curse was real, but, you know, the Cubs did just win, finally. But they've tried to do all kinds of crazy, everything from pagan things to funny things to try and break the curse. But uh, the curse is broken. If there, I don't think there ever really was one. But anyway, one of the parts of the curse, of course, was Steve Bartman. If you've ever uh, read the story about Steve Bartman, he is the, the infamous Chicago Cubs fan who basically... Um, uh, contributed to the 108-year-old drought in the World Series after he interfered with a foul ball during the 2003 National League Championships when the Cubs failed again to reach the World Series. And he has been basically in the witness protection program, I mean, I'm not kidding, like incognito ever since. And so um, uh, he has continued his work, and he lives in Chicago, but he doesn't make any public appearances because he has been threatened and and cursed at and had a rough life ever since finally something really cool i saw came out from awana that's our uh, children's program uh that we do on wednesday nights been doing that here i was in awana when i was a child did you know that the world series mvp zobrist that is dad that ben zobrist dad is a pastor and um he has had the Awana program there in Eureka, Illinois, in his church for decades. And so Ben Zobrist grew up with Awana clubs. And I'm not saying that that made him be able to hit the fastball. I'm just saying that uh, it's kind of cool to, to see that uh, something that we're familiar with, that God used that in the life of this MVP, who is apparently an outspoken Christian. I haven't read his testimony or anything, but I think it's kind of neat to have that in common with him at least, so... We're going to take a short break. When we come back, let's talk about the church. Just a few stats I read this week in Christianity Today about the church. A little more live till 5 after this break. Walk with me, Lord. God, walk with me. Walk with me, Lord. God, walk with me. While I'm on this old tedious journey, I want Jesus to walk with me. Take my hand. And we're back with the last few minutes of Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. It's been a great show, fast two hours. I want to talk a little bit about the church here, some stats I read. In Christianity Today, the magazine, I just got it in the mail today. Under the section gleanings, Conf- well, let's talk about the uh, church government, the way churches are governed. The Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability surveyed leaders from more than 500 churches on what makes their boards effective. These are church boards, like deacon boards and things like that, board of elders, depending on what kind of church it is. Traits that leaders want in board members. The smallest percentage, 4% have counseling experience. 4% of these pastors said they want board members that can counsel. 6% legal experience. 18% they'd like them to have financial experience. 20% of the 500 churches said they'd like to see someone that's been on other boards. 28% 
They'd like to see someone that's got ministry experience. 43% said they wish that they had other professional or business experience. 52%, this is over half of the 500 churches surveyed, said they wish they had board members that give consistently. And finally, of course, 90% say they wish they had board members that attend church faithfully. And here are eight simple, effective traits of board's members according to this article. Number one, Effective boards, eight traits of effective boards, they meet at least once a month for two hours or more. They have the ability to name the pastor's salary, approve the budget, borrow money, buy, sell property, authorize church membership, hire, fire, lead pastors, etc. Number three, according to this article, members are not selected solely by the lead pastor. Four, willing to challenge and correct the lead pastor. Five, they have policies and ability to ask underperforming members to resign. Six, They offer church staff strategic but not tactical input. Seven, they have strategic planning processes. And eight, they assess risk and opportunities. Those are eight traits of effective boards, according to this article in the gleaning section of Christianity Today. What do you think about that? How does that match up to your church? Do you agree with that? Is the most important trait in a leader regular church attendance? To me, I would think that would be like the bare, bare minimum. I mean, not just attendance, but that they're faithful, godly people that are going to, they don't have to be perfect, but to live up to the biblical qualifications, they do have to be an example. They're listed there in Paul's letters. And uh, we can see from the example of the early deacons in the early church, how they lived, how exemplary they were in their service and their lifestyle. So the church that you go to, pray for those in leadership. Pray for your deacons. Pray for your pastors. Help them out. See what you can do to serve. Don't just sit back with your arms crossed, but jump in and help out. If you don't have a church home to go to, we invite you to visit us here at Harvest Baptist Church. 9.30 a.m., we have some adult Bible fellowship classes. Those are like Bible study groups. 10.30, our morning worship service. 6 p.m., Family Bible Hour. Come to all three. Give us three hours of your time Sunday. You won't regret it. There's stuff for the whole family. It'll be a blessing to you. We will preach from God's word. You can open it for yourself and read it. Don't just take our word for it. We invite you to come out and visit us at Harvest Baptist Church. A lot going on here for you and your family, whatever stage of life you're at. God bless you this weekend. You're listening to Live Till 5 here on KHMG Harvest Family Radio, 88.1 FM, Barragata, Guam. Have a great weekend.